today. Amen. And good to see each and every one of you. Thank you again for praying for us. Just get my stuff here. Praise the Lord. And thank you for inviting God's presence to come and visit with us as we worshiped and praised Him. Amen. You know, every single person in this church is important. Every part, every one of us has a part to play. Amen. And, and when you come, it is an encouragement to me. When you come, it is an encouragement to your brothers and to your sisters. Amen. Amen, amen. And we're glad to just have everyone here. If you've got your Bibles, why don't you grab them? I'm going to preach to you this morning. God's laid something on my heart. And I pray that it challenges you today. I pray that it convicts you today. I pray that God speaks to you today. Amen. Joshua chapter 24. Very familiar passage of Scripture. I'm sure you're all guessing where I'm going to go. I was praying and meditating and thinking and asking the Lord what He would have me preach. And... I felt strongly in my spirit this was the direction that God wanted me to take. Amen. And every time I preach, I often wonder, I said it before, before we began praying just a few minutes back, I often wonder if this might be the last time I ever preach to you guys. We don't know what tomorrow holds, amen. And I thought if, if this was the last message I ever preached to you, I would be happy as long as you respond and as long as it changes your life, amen. Joshua 24, verse 15, it says this reading in the New King James, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. So I want to preach to you for a few minutes with the help of the Lord on who will you serve, amen? Who will you serve? Sister Cesar, I've got a title slide in there somewhere if you want to pop that up. Who will you serve? Will you bow your heads, close your eyes with me one more time? Jesus, thank you, Lord. We can be in your house. Thank you for your word. Your word brings life. Your word brings direction. Your word corrects us, Lord God. And we're glad for that, Lord Jesus. Have your way, Lord God. Let your anointing rest upon me. Let your anointing rest upon the hearts of the people that I'm ministering to today, Lord, so that, Lord, we can hear what thus says the word of the Lord today. We love you. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. amen. And God bless you. you may be seated. Joshua 24 verse 15 reads, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served which were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, Joshua said, we will serve the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, the book of Joshua was drawing to a close. And, and I, I realized as I was preparing for this about three weeks ago, I preached from the beginning of the book of Joshua, and today I'm preaching from the end of the book of Joshua. And the book of Joshua was drawing to a close. The Joshua, the great hero, the leader of the children of Israel, had led them into the promised land. And of course, if you know the story, you would know that he was one of the oldest that was left. You remember because of the children of Israel's rebellion, God had forbidden every person over the age of 20 to be able to go into the promised land except 
for Joshua and for Caleb. And for 40 years, the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness until everybody over the age of 20 that said God could not do what God said he could do died. And all that was left out of that generation was Joshua and Caleb. And so at the age of about 79 years old, an old man, Joshua leads the children of Israel over the Jordan River and into the promised land. And here at the end of the book of Joshua, about six or seven years later, the Lord had provided them victory after victory, even against incredible odds. We know the story. We know the story of Jericho. The high walls that came crashing down when the children of Israel lifted their voice and shouted with faith and victory in obedience to the command that God had given them and those walls came tumbling down. You, you read in the book of Joshua about how five kings came together, five cities, five armies, vastly outnumbering the children of Israel. They came together to wipe them out. And the Bible says that the Lord himself rained hailstones, giant hailstones out of heaven to smite the armies that were threatening his people. God stopped the sun moving in the sky so that the children of Israel could get an even greater victory a little bit later on. The Bible says that the king of Hazar joined with some other cities and they came against Joshua. The Bible says there were so many of them. It was like trying to count the sand that was on the seashore and yet God still provided the victory. Amen. And now... At the end of Joshua's time of leadership, Joshua gathers the children of Israel together. And beginning with the time of Abraham, he begins to remind them of everything that God had done for them. He reminded them of the covenant with Abraham. He reminded them about the exodus from Egypt. He reminded them about the land that they had just taken over, that they had neither tilled nor grown in, that they didn't have an inheritance of except for from the Lord. And God had given them the promised land. And at this point in the narrative then comes the verse that we read for our text. Joshua lays down a challenge to the people of Israel. And he says, if after hearing all that I have told you, and if after remembering everything that God has done for you, if it seems evil to serve the Lord, after seeing his provision, after seeing his hand on your life, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Brothers and sisters, the first thing that I want to point out to you is that it says whom, not if. Hallelujah. Joshua did not say choose for yourself if you will serve. No, because Joshua knew something. Hallelujah. He knew that we like to think that we get to choose if we serve. But brothers and sisters, we don't get that choice. Because it's not a question of if, but it's a question of who. The choice of if we serve is not up to us, brothers and sisters, we were all created to serve. We will serve something. Either the children of Israel were serving the Lord, or they were serving the false gods of the Amorites, or the false gods of the Egyptians. And so when the Israelites answer, they say, yes, Joshua, we will serve the Lord. Joshua tells them just a few verses on in verse 23, he says, now therefore, put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. Joshua knew something. He 
He knew that they were going to serve something. It was not a question of if. It was a question of who. And if you say, children of Israel, that you will serve the Lord, that means you cannot serve the false gods of Israel, the false gods of the Amorites. you got to put them away. Hallelujah. Jesus, in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, He puts it like this. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one or love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, like the children of Israel, we cannot claim to serve the Lord while there are other things in our life that have captured our hearts. We either love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, our strength, or we love the enemy with exactly the same. Hallelujah. And Joshua was trying to tell his people, you don't get to live a halfway kind of life. You don't get to stand in between two camps and try and serve both. Either you are serving one or you are serving the other. He's saying it's not if you choose to serve, but it's whom will you serve. Brothers and sisters, like Joshua, on my final message of this year, I want to challenge you. Choose for yourself whom you will serve. Hallelujah. Oh, my friends, we cannot allow the things of this world to capture our heart. We cannot share our soul with the things of this world while trying to live for God at the same time. Oh, my friends, we got to put the foreign gods that are among us away the Bible says and the word let me hear let me hear you for a second hear this the word that's translated as put away in that verse it doesn't mean just to abandon but it means to change direction it means to repent it means not to do those things anymore it means to come out from among them and be ye separate hallelujah oh my friends if we truly serve God we cannot serve the world 1 John 2 verse 15 says, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Brothers and sisters, we have to choose whom we will serve. The enemy of your soul would have you believe that you have a choice. He would have you believe that just because you're not serving the Lord with all your heart. Now, it doesn't mean you're serving the world and His kingdom. The devil would have you believe that there is some kind of neutral zone where you know you're not living for God like you should, but you're not really supporting the enemy in his work. But brothers and sisters, Joshua is telling us that that is not true. There is no neutral ground when it comes to living for God. Either we are serving God or we are serving the enemy. You cannot serve both. There is no middle ground for you to hide on. Hallelujah. Choose for yourself whom you will serve. Someone say praise the Lord. The other thing I want to point out to you today is the immediacy of the response that Joshua demanded from the children of Israel. Joshua did not say, choose for yourself uh, whenever it is convenient, whenever it's good for you, when it feels like a good time and everything's going good in your life and you've got money in the bank, whom you will serve. 
He didn't say choose for yourself when, when all your family and friends are supporting you and behind you whom you will serve. No, Joshua said choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. There was an immediacy. Joshua told them that this day uh, you need to serve, coupled with the fact uh, that Joshua had to tell them in verse 23 to put away the idols, to get rid of the things they'd been carrying on. It tells us that the children of Israel, for the seven years of conquest in the promised land, had been desperately trying to hang on to the gods of Egypt and hang on to Yahweh himself at the same time. And Joshua is saying, no. You cannot delay having to choose one way or the other, but choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. There was an immediacy that Joshua demanded. The children of Israel wanted to see how long they could go on serving the Lord with one hand and enjoying His blessings and enjoying the victories that He was giving while holding on to the old life, holding on to the old gods, holding on to the old things for as long as they possibly could. Brothers and sisters, they wanted to keep a foot in both camps and they wanted to try and delay to keep their false gods happy while trying to serve the one true God of Israel. And Joshua is saying, my friends, this is not a decision that you can postpone. This is not something you can decide at a time that is convenient for you. He's, not, he's saying the Lord is not satisfied with your half-hearted attempts to live for Him. Joshua is telling his people, you've got to choose today. You've got to make your mind up right now. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, can I tell you, it is the same for us today. The Bible says we've got to make up our mind today. Hallelujah. Paul wrote to the church in Rome in chapter 13. He said, and do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of our sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2, Paul writes, he said, in an acceptable time I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. And he backs up that verse from the Old Testament. He says, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Hallelujah. Oh, brothers and sisters, let me issue you a challenge right now. In these last days that we are living, today is not the day to try and postpone living for God wholeheartedly. Today is not the day to put off living for Jesus. Today is not the day to think that you can live for Jesus when it's convenient for you. I'm going to try and live for the world a little while first. The world will tell you, it's okay. You're not a bad person. You can live for Jesus later. You can surrender your life to Him later and we can fall for the deception of the enemy. But brothers and sisters, we are told, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Don't wait another day. Don't wait another week, brothers and sisters. Make your mind up now. I'm going to give Jesus my all, and I'm going to give it to Him now. Hallelujah. Because now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Someone say hallelujah. Praise your Lord. Praise your Lord. Joshua's words ring in our ears. But as for me and my house... We 
will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. And you know, that, that, that response, that should be the response of every Christian. It should be the response of every household. Every family that is here, that needs to be our response. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. And what a great example that is. But do you know what? When you actually read that, there's something else that Joshua is trying to tell us. When Joshua says, but as for me and my house, in context now, he is saying, my friends, the decision that you make today is not going to affect me and it's not going to affect my house. You serve who you want to serve. I'm going to serve the Lord. You can call me crazy for abandoning the gods of Israel, the gods of Egypt, sorry. You can call me loony for following the one God of Israel, but your opinion is what Joshua is saying. does not change my mind. It will not change my heart it will not alter my direction me and my house we will serve the Lord regardless of what you decide to do oh brothers and sisters hear me now we need to get something inside of us that makes us determined to follow Jesus no matter what your close family and friends might think you're crazy to make the commitments you do your loved ones might think you're loony because you're an apostolic and you're living like Jesus could come back at any moment people might mock me they might belittle me they might condemn me but I'm going to live for Jesus no matter what As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And this was not just a one-off thing at Bravado for Joshua. This was not just, look at me, how good I am, how amazing I am. I'm so anointed, I'm so powerful. No, Joshua's entire life was like that. Hallelujah. You look, the Bible says, when he was a young man in the book of Numbers, he went with Moses to the tabernacle. And Moses, the great man of God, finished praying and he left. But that young man, the Bible says, he didn't depart out of the tabernacle. He stayed, he worshipped, he prayed. He refused to live. Why? It didn't matter if service was done. It didn't matter if the man of God was finished. He wasn't done serving the Lord yet. So he was going to stay. We know when Moses sent the 12 spies into the land of Israel. Into the land of Canaan, sorry. The Bible says they came, they spied out the land. They had a look, they checked it all out. Ten of them came back and the Bible said they bought an evil report. And we know that Joshua and Caleb, they said, no, 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 we've got a promise from God. We're going to go. We can be victorious if God be for us, who can be against us, all that kind of good stuff. But you know what? You read that story. The Bible said the children of Israel wanted to stone him. They wanted to kill him, execute him for having the faith to say, no, we can do this now. Now you would think, Joshua, whoa, 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 back off, back off. You know, I've been thinking about this and, you know, I think those other ten spies were right. Man, don't, well, put the stone, put the stones down, put the stone, don't, don't, don't throw rocks. It's okay, I agree with the ten spies now. No, even at the risk of stoning, Joshua stood up boldly with Caleb. He said, no, we are well able to take the land. Why? Because the opinion of the masses didn't matter. The opinion of the crowd didn't matter. Joshua knew what God had promised, and that's what he stood at. Oh, brothers and sisters, hear me now. It doesn't matter what the opinion of the world is. It doesn't matter about how they feel about your faith. It doesn't matter if they think you're crazy. 
As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to stand on the rock. I'm not going to be swayed. I'm not going to turn around. For me and my house, I will serve the Lord. And so Joshua's entire life was like that. Joshua and Caleb refused to back down. They stood up and they boldly served the Lord. Because Joshua's entire life was as for me and my house will serve the Lord. As we all stand this morning, as I get ready to wrap up, do you know what really astounds me the most in this passage of Scripture? Joshua 24, verse 15. Here's what really blows my mind. It's the first part of the verse. It says, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord. That's a really odd way of putting it, I think. But it really puts it into perspective. See, I think perhaps we've bought into this idea, this lie from the enemy, that we think that by allowing things into our life to distract us, it's, it's not that big of a deal, is it? We'll serve God at some stage, just not today. We'll give Him all of our heart some other time. It's not quite convenient right now. You know, you know, your pastor, just a little bit more, maybe a few more messages, maybe a couple more Sundays, God. Maybe, maybe pastor, just, just preach a few more messages in the new year and, and then I'll make my decision, amen. Let's just have a few more. So we think it's something small. We think it's something, so it's okay, it's all right. It's just one church service here. It's just one thing over there. It's just, it's okay. But Joshua puts it in perspective because Joshua sees it how God sees it God calls it evil that's strong when we treat what we have got when we treat the sacrifice that Jesus made for us when we treat the open door of salvation that is ready for us and we know about it and we know what we need to do we know how to be disciples we know how to be disciplined and when we turn away from that and go later the Bible says it's evil. The Bible says that it's evil. And we are saying it's evil to serve the Lord. And as we live distracted lives and the enemy enters our homes and he enters our lives and he enters our families and our consecration is destroyed and our families are wrecked, our separation to the things of the Lord gets sacrificed. Why? Oh, it's just not convenient right now. The Bible calls that evil. It's evilness to the Lord. We're saying, no, 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 I don't want to serve the Lord. It's evilness for me to serve the Lord. I would rather serve the ruler of this world. This morning, I'll read the verse I read in Romans chapter 13, verse 11. Do this, knowing the time, being aware of where we live in the history of the world. My friends, we are in the last days. Jesus could come back at any moment. This might be my last message simply because in the next month Jesus could come back. And that's why as much as you know these messages of consecration and conviction and instruction and correction it's, it hurts sometimes when it comes but as your pastor I love you too much to not preach what God has given me. 
And so on this last Sunday that I get to preach for you this year, I am laying down a challenge for you, just like Joshua did to the children of Israel. He wasn't saying they were bad people. He wasn't saying they were evil. He wasn't saying that they were going on their way to hell. They were still God's people. They were still chosen. But he was saying, my friends, you've got to choose your priorities. You've got to choose for yourself who you will serve. And so that's my challenge for you today. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. You get to choose your master. You have a master. The only choice you get is who is your master. Choose for yourself whom you will serve. And I'm excited, brothers and sisters, because if you are here today, that means you get the choice to say, you know what? I want to serve the Lord. I want to serve the Lord. I want to make Him number one. I'm tired of the old lifestyle. It's not satisfying. It's not happy. It doesn't bring me joy. It's just the same and the same and the same. Oh, brothers and sisters, serving the ruler of this world brings nothing but drudgery, brings nothing but weariness, brings nothing but tiredness, brings nothing but shame and guilt. But Jesus said, take my burden upon me. Take my yoke upon you. For my burden is easy. My yoke is light. He's a good master. Today is a day that we get to reconsecrate our lives to the Lord. And so as we get ready to have our altar service this morning, I want to invite everybody to come down to the front this morning because I don't care if you've been serving the Lord for five minutes, five months, five decades. You can still ask the Lord to examine your heart. If you're, if you're visiting with us, you're new here, you don't feel comfortable coming, that's okay as well. I don't mind. Okay, but for everyone who makes this church their home, I want you to come down the front here. We're going to begin to pray. We're going to begin to seek God's face. We're going to start making some declarations to the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord.